You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Welcome everybody, welcome Sitok. Hello. Everybody, everybody? All everybody like in the whole world? What were you just looking at before the after show discussion included a quick search to see how many people are born every day on the planet? And what did you find out? I found out that every day there's about 350,000 babies born. But only? And every day there is about 150,000 deaths. That's like a deficit? Or is that a... The other, it's not a deficit. That's the other thing. That's the... Too many people. <laughs> yeah, we've... And we're talking about that because today is February 29th. That's Leap Day. We're looking into what Leap Day is, what it means, why it is. Um, A. Scully thought it was something to do with farmers and sunshine. (laughs) But, I mean... I think I got it mixed up with... It kind of it. uh, Yeah. But it kind of is in a way. Because if you stick to the calendar as we do it, time will slip over years because an actual time around the sun, apparently is about six hours longer than an actual day or a year, sorry, than a year. And so every many, however many years, you have to kind of make up for that time. So they stick a day in there. It's called intercalary, intersalary, I-N-T-E-R. Is it calorie or salary? Intercalation in timekeeping is the insertion of a leap day, week, or month in some calendars to make the calendar follow the seasons or moon phases. Hold on. They add an extra month in some calendars. Apparently. What the hell? I guess that would be like after many years. Many, many, many years. Oh, okay. Yeah. We weren't sure about it, so we looked it up. You said maybe we've done a February 29th before. No. (laughs) It'd be quite the coincidence that a 29th would fall on a Saturday. So in the last seven years... The 29th has fallen on, not seven years, sorry, since 1996, has hit all seven days of the week. So you have to think about that. 24 years or so is how often you're going to recycle it on the same day of the week. Possibly, I don't know. I'm not a scientist or a calendarist. You don't sound like one. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. All right. So that's the, yeah, that's uh, interesting facts for this week. So this is um, after the show. Saturday, February the 29th, leap year, leap day, leap year day. It's after the show 623, and we're a movie review podcast, and we're going to look at a movie this week, and that movie is Knives Out. It's a 2019 movie. It's out on Blu-ray now, February the 25th it came out. You can get it on 4K, Blu-ray, and it's on all the... X-Ray, Dot-Ray, X-Ray, Stingray. Stingray. And awesome. it's uh, also on the digital services to rent. It's a PG-13. And our friends at Lionsgate sent us a copy of the 4K for review. Sid Talk, you give us the synopsis of Knives Out, and then I'll give you the one from the box, and we will compare and contrast. It is an old-timey story of a very rich family. The head of family dies, and thus is the struggle, for whatever reason, 
for the family to get their grubby little hands on the money. It's one of those. It's a murder mystery, kind of, blah, blah, blah. And before you read your thing, I listen to a lot of old-timey radio, 30s, 40s, 50s, and they love this frame for a story back then. The rich guy in the mansion, either with no family, and so now all the, the, the known families scramble in from around the world, and then there's like, you know, who can last the night to win all the money kind of thing, or they're murdered... And then they have to figure out who murdered him. I mean, there's tons of them. It's I like them, so I really enjoy this movie. There is tons of them as well, isn't there? There's, mm-hmm. um, but they not- all have their own little twists and turns. All right. This is what it says on the back of the box. The circumstances surrounding the death of crime novelist Harlan Thrombe are mysterious. And there's one thing that renowned detective Benoit, Benoit Blanc knows for sure. Everyone in this wildly dysfunctional family is a suspect. Now Blanc must sift through a web of lies and red herrings to uncover the truth. From acclaimed writer Ryan Johnson comes a suspenseful twist-filled whodunit with an all-star cast, and then it goes on to name everybody who's in it. Yeah, that's a lot longer than mine, I think. <laughs> I was so, I don't think yours or theirs are any better than each other. I think you did a fine job. Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, so Knives Out, um, we've seen the trailer for it, but the trailer really is, like, not the full story, right? Correct. So, um, this, do you like these kind of movies? Like, um, It depends school? on the movie. I like this one. Did you like the movie Clue? No. It's very similar to this, but... It is not similar. It's really bad. It's really dumb. It's a bad version of this. Yeah, it's not like this. It, I mean, having a similar kind of story... There aren't that many stories to tell in the world. You know, you know when we just said that there are lots of these, um, well, radio plays, there are tons of them. There are not lots of them in cinema. I think there were in the early days, in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. There were lots. There's a whole bunch. We've even seen a few on um, Svengoolie. Yeah. Like the spooky versions, you know. Did they go out? I mean, I've not seen a movie like this for a long time. Did Did they go out of fashion? What was the deal? Don't know. Because like Sherlock Holmes movies are kind of like this, him getting to a, you know, all that's this. That's an element of it, sure. Yeah. Um, but you don't see a good old whodunit like this. So I was actually excited to see it. Plus the cast had me on board because it's a very good cast. Um, I will say that I really loved it. I mean, I think it's really entertaining. It's really, t- it's tongue in cheeks. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Totally. It's, not, it's not like a serious, like... They're not going for that. It's got a sense of humor to it. It's I quite mean, it clear. isn't serious, and yet there are serious things at stake. Yes, there are. But there are also a lot of caricature characters who are kind of funny. Mm. And, you know, over the top. The, the family is pretty over the top, let's, let's True. be honest. Um, and the but main... But it's not got that goof, like car- like that thing that... Ready or not had, where you just know it's going to be an over-the-top, um, kind of farcical, almost comic booky kind of a situation, even though True. it's got deadly, deadly things going on. This is played like serious-ish, not quite on that goof level. Not goofy, but the dialogue is funny. In mm-hmm. in quite a lot of parts, you're like, oh wow, it mixes like new. But it's stuff. not wacky. No, but so, there's like really new 
you know, like modern, because it is, it takes place like in 2018. It's not like a, even though it, I said to you, this movie could have also been done as a, what do you call it? Like a period piece back mm-hmm. in the, but because it's like now and it, but it takes place in a house that looks like it's from the old days and they mix in like things like cell phones and modern technology and stuff. They also have some politics kind of stuff, which seemed a bit... Just one conversation, really. Yeah. Just to kind of, to I think, kind of, place it in time. And to kind of show you what kind of family these are. Like. Sure. Well, but like every family, they have opposite opinions. Yeah. So um, I like that it was set now, but it still has that old-timey feel, you know. Like it has that... The house has like secret passages and it, mm-hmm. it's it's... That kind of thing, what you've seen. You've probably seen that kind of thing before, even if it was a Sherlock sure. Holmes tale or something. Um, but what I really, really liked about it, one, the performances are really good across the board, everybody. I don't, there's nobody I didn't like. And two, the actual mystery itself is almost impossible to solve in your own mind, I think. I, I usually think I'm one step ahead on stuff. I don't think it's impossible at all. While you're watching it, do you think you could figure it out? I mean, I was pretty sure. And you, you, you had it? I didn't know the whole of it. I just knew. That's what I mean. It's quite intricate. Right, but it didn't matter. The intricacies ultimately don't matter. But if you spot the who of the who done it early on, before it's revealed, then everything else is just like, yep, well, there you go. You know what I'm saying? Right. So. Well, let me say, me, I'm, to- I'm usually all right at picking up on things i didn't spot and we're not going to spoil this movie Mm-mm. obviously but i didn't spot who did it also this movie the other thing i really like about it is it kind of messes with the whodunit thing like you think you know how a whodunit movie plays out this movie throws it on its head right, right at the beginning and shows you what happened like it actually it, it says this is what happened it's not a it's not a fake out or anything this is actually what happens it's just filling yeah, but you in. You don't the, know it's not a fake out. You don't. But in fact, you are constantly thinking, "Hmm." You're constantly can't, thinking, "It can't be, it be it what happened. Out? This is someone's memory. This is being retold through her eyes or his eyes." So, and that's why I liked it because it played with it. It, 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 it said, "Like, look, here's what happened," and I thought, "Well, that's refreshing." But then, as it played on, you were like, "Well, I've seen movies before. Surely that's not the full." Yeah. In fact, the Outsider that we're watching now on HBO. The Outsider has an element of that. It tells you a load of stuff, but then another, you know, this week's episode could tell you something where you're like, what? And like, some could say, you know, some in overly analyzing people could say, well, that's lazy writing because then you can stick anything in any story, backtrack a little bit and find one tiny little loophole to make it make sense. But that there's nothing else to lead you there. It's just that thing that we, I always forget the name of it at the end of a movie that swoops in and like, you're like, what? Didn't you know? Like, you mean, it'd be like a stranger that's never even been mentioned shows up and they're the murderer kind of situation. I forget the name of that. Yeah. This movie is not that though. No, but I'm saying the idea is you put together this whole story and then you just twist it and twist it. And then your reveal is a thing where you're like, wait a minute. That doesn't even no. You know, it's not that, but it's very, very close. And I can see how I would think some people would be like rolling their eyes at it. I um, enjoyed the reveal. It um, caught me off guard. I didn't know that that was going on. 
And it also, there's a very funny line that actually made me laugh out loud during that period. <laughs> um, it's just really well done. Like it's, it's a stylized whodunit that it very, it, it veers off. It, you know, it starts as a whodunit. You're like, okay, I, I need to know who did this. And then it goes like, you think it's not a whodunit for a bit. You think, oh, well, actually we know who did it. So this is more about like piecing together the rest of the evidence and then it kind of, well, it's not super twist, is it? I mean, it's no. not, but it, I was expecting, I don't know what I was expecting. Which is probably why you liked it. Which is, I think, why I liked it. Because I was like, is this something crazy? Like, you know. Aliens did it. We saw Get Out or something <laughs> like that. Is it? Is this something bizarre and mad? We've also seen Fargo. Remember? Y- yes. Fargo season two. Yes. <laughs> we were like, what? And I said to it's you, the not fa- bad. yeah, the it, it Fargo. I think that's why I like Fargo because it's like this, the Fargo TV show. It's like this self-contained season with a mystery in it, and you get it played out in front of your eyes, usually like oddly, so you don't know what's going on. It's drama and mystery and entertainment. See, this movie has entertainment, and it's well. Some of the dialogue is just kind of silly, but then. You have to then take that whodunit vibe and say, okay, I can accept that goofy dialogue. But the performances are really good. I liked every single person. That was my number one thing. Everybody in the movie is great. Like Even if they're great. a caricature of a character type, you know, an archetype, they, do they did a good right. job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, you know, it's satisfying for me. I, I like the outcome. Satisfying is a good word for it. And I don't know if that... That might yeah. sound like an insult, but it's actually not. It's really good. I, I was like, there's a lot to digest in this movie, too. So at the beginning, there's a lot of information coming your way, isn't there? I mean, there's a lot. They're interviewing mm-hmm. people in front of your face, and you're piecing together small things. And I, I was like watching it going, I, I, I'm trying not to miss. I don't want to miss something because I want to be, be the detective. I want to try and figure <laughs> this out. I can see the information being presented to me. I need to absorb it all. And, you know, you've got to pay attention. There's a lot. <laughs> you know, the first 20 minutes, you, you're introduced to every single character and every character is interviewed by the policemen and they all tell you something that's important to the plot. Yeah, however... However, well, some of it... It actually is misguiding. It's like the mirror, smoke and mirrors. So I don't know that you have to hang on every word. Ultimately, if you really think back over the story, a lot of it didn't matter. Right. So I don't know about that. It might just be a habit that you you get into. I think know? it is because you know, like, you, you've got this movie brain, haven't you, after a while? Mm-hmm. Where you're like, if I don't listen to this, I'm not going to understand later. Correct. Correct. <laughs> so. I definitely have that. Definitely don't watch this and do something else. There's a lot of stuff to absorb. Plus, it's really fun absorbing don't watch, it all. Don't watch any movie. While no. you're doing something else, unless you've seen it 50 times. I will watch, you know, Wizard of Oz or Breakfast Club or something I have Groundhog literally Day. watched in my life a hundred times. Therefore, it is there as a background thing. It's not for me to have to actually, like, follow or see everybody's responses and every little scene where you may not be looking at the screen and somebody throws something. Like, in this one, you have a lot of that. A lot of unspoken actions that if you're not looking straight at it, yeah, exactly. You don't get the comedy, you don't get the clue. 
And you don't get the like, oh, crap, nobody's going to find that. And then later it's going to come back into the story. So, yeah, just for the first time you watch a movie, just watch the movie. And That's one my of, advice. One of my favorite things in these type of movies is where you know what is happening. And you can see the detective in this case getting onto the scent of the trail. And you maybe you're rooting for somebody but you can see him coming like, you know, oh God, he's found the dirt on the floor. Oh mm-hmm. no, he's found the thing. I like that feeling that gives you, it's like a tense thing, yeah. you know? Uh, and this movie gave me that quite a lot where I was like, it's almost like anxiety. You're like, oh no, they're going to, they're going to figure it out. Oh God, the dog brought the piece. Oh no. <laughs> like, you know, it's like that. So there's a lot of that. So if you're, if you're into that, anxiety ridden tension. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy the anxiety. But it is offset with humor. It's the kind of anxiety I feel when we're watching MasterChef and they send the contestants. We watch British and Australian MasterChef and they send the contestants to like an actual restaurant or to do a big thing like cook the food for all the people who work at a factory. And I seriously get anxiety because I imagine I'm in that situation and I would be like, (gasps) and I feel it in my gut. And that's how I feel in this one when the guy's like, uh, and then I'm thinking, Oh God, oh God, oh God. What's the next twist that's going to get him off the trail? You know? Yeah, exactly. And you feel him, you keep feeling this guy getting on the trail and then you're like, don't, pl- no, I don't need you to, no, don't, <laughs> don't go that way. No. It's good. It's Somebody, stimulating. I mean, yeah. you can't ask for much more from a story than for it to stimulate no, you in one way or another. It's old fashioned in a way. It's not like, you haven't seen a lot of movies like this of recent years for sure. So it feels, even though it feels like, oh, this is something Murder on the Orient Express or something like that, which is another one that comes to mind. It's not new. It is like that, but it's it's just you've not seen this for a while. It's a hybrid, you know? It's got the whodunit mixed with the family murder thing, mixed with the class struggle. Yeah. You know, that's always, that's like a theme too. I mean, there's a lot of things kind of layered on top of each other, which makes it even better. But this uh, movie, for me, it's what's great about it is the screenplay, uh, like the dialogue, the, the script, the whole lot, every and the way everybody delivers it. So let's get on to the people. Daniel Craig plays Benoit Blanc. At first, I was like, okay, Daniel Craig, he's doing this deep <laughs> South accent. And then I was like, Jim... You just have to go with it, I think. And then when I went with it, I was like... I'm in, yeah. He is fucking incredible. <laughs> well, I don't know about incredible. No, I was like, no, I'm I'm down with this man. You know, when we watched um, Tusk and bloody Johnny Depp was doing that stupid Inspector True. Clouseau character. It's it's almost like that, but it's not as stupid. But it, that's a matter of perspective. Someone else, it, could, it get really got on my nerves at first. And then I was like, I'm just... I appreciate Daniel Craig. I loved some of his mate performances in his that I've seen, and so I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt on this. So the, the one of two things is happening. He's trying really hard. We know he's British. And he's so definitely he's this, trying really hard, yeah. This southern lawyer thing that's like a caricature in and of itself of, you know, old movies. He based it on somebody from the, an old movie, it said. Did he? Yeah, I was just reading it. Yeah, was- it's very, yeah, it's very over the top. He's either doing that, and as a British person this is what he's focused on and so he's committing to this even if it sounds a bit you know over the top or the character is lying and this isn't really how he is this is fake 
So I was kind of like, I can accept that either one of those. Yeah. I'm just going to go with it. And then so I, I, I got over it pr- like within a few minutes because, you know, sometimes your bias is I like Daniel Craig. Therefore, I'm going to just accept it. I I loved him in it. I loved his um, the relationship he kind of forms with Marta. Um, it's really good. Like it's it's an unlikely kind of duo. They're like a pair. They pair up a little bit, and it's. I don't know what you mean by that. I mean he's trying to solve it, and she's in the middle of it. Yeah, but he kind of takes her under his wing a little bit, like because he this family, are, even he can see that this family are they're terrible kind of assholes. They're, every every <laughs> ultra rich family in these movies are portrayed as horrible people. They're not. I mean, we know all rich people aren't terrible, but this is sort of the the outline of these, you know, the son who's never had to work for a living, who's always begging daddy for more money, the grandson who's spoiled rotten, the daughter who thinks that she has built her own empire, but in fact, the daddy has always given her money. You know, they're just little outlines, just like that one line descriptions of people. And ultimately they're not like murderous or anything. Well, no, they're just kind of incompetent (laughs) in a way. And like, and they're used to having a lot of money and the, you know, I mean, we would all get a little bit rotted out, I think. But um, I, if I never, ever, ever, ever had to ever do my taxes. How many evers are you saying? Many evers, a billion evers. If I never, ever, <laughs> ever had to do my own taxes, do my own bill paying. And I don't mean not pay my bills as in I don't want to spend the money. I mean, not have to ever fucking look at another electric bill for the rest of my life. If I could get rich enough for that and someone was saying like, we'll take care of that for you. I'd be like, yes, please. I Spoil me then. Spoil me if that's what you want to do because I will take it. And it um, so if anyone's out there interested in throwing a bunch of money at me. So yeah, Daniel Craig, I absolutely adored him. And I thought he, I thought he was fantastic. I loved the dialogue he had. I know that's not him. He was reading the script. But Once you jumped on board, you were all in. Yeah, he was. He was just great. It was like a, a like to the character too. Mm-hmm. I was like, he's just a really good character. He's a, he's like a, you know, he's not like he's not exactly like Sherlock Holmes. He's not quite. Um, no, no, no. He's not eccentric like that. He's well, a, he explains his method is he just lets things come to him. He's not. No, he's, he's not, not like a see- genius. No, he doesn't know all the stuff and all the angles and what the chemistry of all the stuff is like a like Sherlock Holmes. He just watches what's going on and then he says like it just fall the truth will fall in front of me and that was kind of foreshadowing of course that's what happened. Yeah. Uh Chris Evans plays Ransom Drysdale. What do you think of Chris? It was I mean he fit that part. <laughs> yeah. We can't I won't say much, but yeah, he was good. I mean I I don't mind. I'm kind of neutral on Chris Evans. I really but it was fine. Yeah, I liked um <laughs> I liked his attitude when t- towards the rest of the family mm-hmm. when it when they, when they go to the world reading and stuff. It's just really funny. Yeah, but like, then you find out why he has that attitude. Well, you don't if you don't. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't authentic, so that's what's interesting. Yeah. Well, that could be classed as a spoiler. So. <laughs> nope. Um. Yeah, I think it could. Nah. I was just being vague about Chris Evans. I mean, anyway. very vague. What are you talking about? Oh, what are you talking about? Hmm. 
Imagine if you didn't know. You wouldn't know. I'm not saying anything. Well, do we know that we don't know anything? Exactly. <laughs> I haven't said anything. <laughs> no, I I really liked how his attitude and I liked um he had some good he had some of the best lines I think in the movie. I mean, it was kind of just potty mouth lines, but sure. Um she this is the standout apart from Daniel Craig. Anna de Armas, who I don't actually know her from anything, I don't think. Mm-hmm. She plays Marta Cabrera. She's the uh, is she's the old guy who owns the house. She's his nurse, and she was fantastic. The movie revolves around her. Let's mm-hmm. say she's actually got more screen time than anybody, um, and I thought she was fantastic. What do you think? Yeah, very good, very very compelling. Did a great job. I was I was always looking for to see her again, and she's like the well I. To me, she's the least known person in the movie, yet she has the biggest part to play. And she has to play up against these people. And she didn't Not feel out of place. Not known doesn't have anything to do with the quality of... No, I mean, it's just, yeah. like, intimidating to work... A, like, you see the cast in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So if you're, like, somebody who's not as... But if well, you're young and you don't have any idea about Don Johnson or Jamie Lee Curtis, hardly, yeah. although she's been on American Horror Story, but still... You know what I mean? It's a generational thing sometimes. Yeah. Don so, Johnson, to a person who's 22, is not the guy from Miami Vice. You know what I mean? Like, you mean Crockett? Yeah. I always forget which one he is. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time. So, um, Jamie Lee Curtis, mentioning her, Linda Drysdale. She, um, oh, she was good. I liked authoritative. her. Authoritative. I mean, I didn't like her character, but I think she did she, it just right. She didn't have a ton of scenes. I, mm-hmm. I was like... Uh, towards the end, when she, when they were stood at the end and you saw her, I was like, I don't feel like I've seen her for a while. She disappeared from the movie, you know? Hmm, I didn't like the main that. family, kind of. Well, it goes on a bit of an adventure with our, with mm-hmm. um, Marta, so they kind of disappear for a while. So I don't, she's in the beginning of it, I guess, a lot. Um, and her, we've got Don Johnson as Richard, a husband. He was really good. I liked him. I've liked him as of late. He was really good in Watchmen. He's fantastic in Watchmen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael Shannon plays Walt Thornbury. He was good too. Michael Shannon is as a way of... He's like, like the least likable character in a way to me. Yes. And he has a way of being like menacing without doing anything. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, and his wife. Whoever was his wife. I liked her even though she wasn't very little. I liked... I could tell she, she and after watching um, Hereditary and loving it, Tony Collette is becoming one of my favorites. She was good, and yeah. her character again. Once you start watching her, you're kind of like, oh, she's super hippy dippy, but blah, also blah, blah, blah. But then it just worked, and it's funny as well. She has like a, it's kind. She almost is the one who. It's kind of comic delivery the way she does a line. Absolutely, yes. And she rolls her eyes, and she. You know, she's kind of... She's kinda... definitely the, the the slimmest description of the hippy-dippy. She was married to one of the sons of this old man, and this her husband died. So she's basically just... And she has a daughter, so that's the granddaughter of this family. So she's just sort of clinging on to them because they're yeah. rich, and she doesn't really have anything else productive to do with her life. So I um, think she's really good. She's nice, but she's kind of... Just grubby and desperate to not lose yeah. her money. So, uh, yeah, the a cast across the board here is just, it's really good. I mean, it's what makes it, what makes it really good, I think. Absolutely. Um, Ryan Johnson is the director. We know him. 
He made the movie Looper. Did you watch Looper? Me? I don't think so. It's only you here. Looper? Looper with Bruce Willis. L-U-P-A? L-O-O-P-E-R. Looper. Oh my God, you British people with your uhs and your oohs. <laughs> you know, 20 years ago, your accent was like, oh my God, it's so cute. It still is, but then the A's and the R's, come on. Looper? Looper. Uh, looper. Looper? No, I don't think I've seen it. <laughs> uh, Bruce Willis, sci-fi movie. I definitely haven't seen that. Is uh, it I've, new? I have seen it. Have you seen the movie The Last Jedi? <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, I've r- seen that one. I don't have a choice. Again, I married you 20 years ago. <laughs> Part of marrying you is marrying Star Wars. And so that I don't have a choice. <laughs> so um, Last Jedi, um, everybody knows about Ryan Johnson and The Last Jedi. He, he, he made a Star Wars movie and his idea was to subvert everything you know about Star Wars. And that didn't go down too well with the fans of Star Wars. Not me, actually. I, I don't. I liked it. Eh, you do that with a little question mark. No, I liked Last Jedi. It was a solo I wasn't that into. Yeah, but... But, um, no, I liked it. But he obviously got a bad... He had a bad experience making Star Wars, and the whole, you know, it seemed like everybody was on him saying, he's ruined our movie. <laughs> no, I don't I don't agree with that. Um... But I'm re- like I said to you at the end, I'm really glad he got out of that Star Wars thing and is able to make something else and not just have his career ended somehow by somebody. Somebody who's like, oh, that guy. I don't think it would. Has anyone had that? Is that just a myth? I don't know. Those Lego guys who went on to make Star Wars and then they got fired from Star Wars mm-hmm. and you never heard from them again. What Lego guys? M- Miller and... They made the Lego movies? They made the Lego movie, and then the Star Wars people liked them so much, they put them on Solo, and then they fired them from Solo, and then you didn't hear from them again. Okay, so they're the ones who made Solo, really? And then didn't Ron Howard take it over yes. or something? Okay. And, and I was trying ul- to keep up with this soap opera. Ultimately, part. Solo became kind of... It felt like some. It felt like it was two halves or something, didn't it? Weird. Hmm. It felt like it had been messed with. It didn't feel... I'm not an internet nerd, but I wasn't a huge fan for two reasons. One, don't mess with my Chewbacca. Under any circumstances, don't fuck around with him. Don't make him something he's not, and he really did. I didn't like that. And number two, I wasn't a huge fan of the guy who played Solo. So, you know, Hmm. it is what it is. is. You know, I also wasn't a big fan of the first 20 minutes. You can't see it. (laughs) I don't like anything I can't fucking see. (laughs) That's just a, a, a given. Yeah, well, Star Wars, you should always be able to see. There is no dark, like, you can't hardly see it in Star Wars. You should always see it. So, yeah, that bugged me. Oh, God, we sound nerdy. Anyway, Ryan Johnson <laughs> Ryan Johnson also directed episodes of Breaking Bad, which, you know, is a great, great, great TV show. Listen to you. You're really bigging this guy up. So, Ryan Johnson here is... is I like the direction of this movie. It has really... It looks awesome. It's got really cool camera moves and stuff. I'm directing all these top-notch actors, getting getting what you want from them. It's got to be a bit of a puzzle, this, to sure. put together. And he wrote it. Yeah. So it's not just like he picked... Uh, they're, they're on board for the whole of it, not just... You know, sometimes you think a cast with those credentials... 
They're just there for one element, like, oh, so-and-so wrote the script, or so-and-so is the producer, or so-and-so is the director, it's a big deal. This is all him. And guess <laughs> what? This is not a sparse script. This is dialogue. Oh, it's a heavy dialogue, maybe. Yeah, like this is, if, if you put this on the table, it'd be very thick. <laughs> There's a lot of dialogue. Is that how you imagine it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big, thick book. It's not like a bunch of, you know action scenes it's a lot of people talking at each other all the time like so i i admire what he's done here i think it's really good it's it's not unique because we've seen who done it stories before but it's it, entertaining but it feels unique just, like today because yeah. i haven't seen much of it you know if everybody started make this did particularly well if everybody starts like trying to copy it now you'd be fed up of these type of movies sure. within a year wouldn't you but but that's what happens. Yeah. I mean, how many superhero movies? We go in phases. We had zombies. We had vampires. We had superheroes. We got disaster movies back in the 90s. We had serial killers back in the 90s. You know, it's a... What's the thing now, then? I don't know. Because it's, it's superheroes is on its way out, I guess, because of we've been through tons of them now. I think we're getting a lot of post-apocalyptic, world-ending, humanity-ending things. That's my prediction. You mean we, you mean we haven't yet, but we're going to get it again? Like like Independence Day and stuff. No, no, like like um, yeah, like not disaster like that, but like you know, like um, like a virus or something. Man, what was it? Children of Men. Children of Men. That Ooh, what kind a of good thing. Movie. Yeah, where something has happened to the planet or the or humans, and now we're all living the. The way aftermath, not just like today the meteors are hitting the planet or whatever. I mean, like, it's just a long-term thing, like Mad Max or something, you know, where it's all done and now we all have to survive and what that looks like. All right, so on IMDb... I would like aliens and ghosts to be the next thing, so if anybody's out there... Aliens and ghosts mixed together, like, too. It can be both. It can be either. It could be aliens who bring ghosts, ghosts who summon aliens, I don't care. Um, but I like both of those things. What about ghosts and cowboys? Ghosts, aliens, and zombies would be a good combo. <laughs> I'm always up for a good zombie movie. <laughs> Any of that. All right. We'll put that in as a request to Hollywood. Okay. Thank you. All right. So IMDb gives this movie 8 out of 10. So people really do like this movie. But what I'm going to read to you now are people who don't like this movie. <laughs> the 1 out of 10 people in this world who, for some reason, this movie really didn't ring with them it offends their entertainment senses because it's so important to entertain them thoroughly and why i read these each week is uh, i just find people who are like so critical like they'll give something one star when clearly as you know as a person who's watched it it's clearly not a one star uh, clearly from your point of view even if i didn't love it it would still be like a five star it you know it can't be one no no well, value can, whatsoever. because that's matter of opinion. But the one is like no value whatsoever, pretty much, right? Yeah, but you and I can watch Zombiever and be like, oh my god, I didn't even watch it. I fast forwarded through it. Because Don't put me, me in with it. you. I can. I wouldn't watch that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, oh my god. Ugh. And someone else is like, are you kidding me? That's like my favorite movie ever. So Any- it doesn't make it bad just because I don't like it. Alright, so here's some one star reviews. This guy says This guy. <laughs> What a truly painful film. I felt like it was never going to end. I couldn't have cared less about how the old bloke died. <laughs> Amateur acting from Daniel Craig. I always thought he was a good actor, but this has changed my point of view. The film dragged on and on. 
with very predictable twists. But due to poor character development and everybody was totally dislikable, we were supposed to root for somebody else. Whatever. 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 <laughs> Don't believe the hype. It's boring. Close-up shots throughout, which would be better on TV. No direction at all or any cinematography. So close it's just a black screen? Close-up like? shots that would be better on TV. What are you talking about? I have no idea. But he says there is no direction or cinematography. So that means there's actually no... I thought it looked amazing. I really liked the lighting and it had like an, a nice non-polished look a lot of the time you know it's kind of not the gritty, house but was amazing yeah and the i mean i just thought it looked great I, the, a lot of the shots i thought were really really nice so. let me finish off this guy's thing by what i said before about someone's opinion they're just wrong i'm finishing <laughs> they're not the, entitled to this one <laughs> this guy has the best line to okay. finish off with i'll never get back my two hours oh my god all my money that one that's a classic right there. We should do a compilation of the classic comments in the bad reviews. That's a popular one. This guy says, So the writer and director wanted to <laughs> shove a morality cake down the viewer's throat. And to do that, they were rewarded with a fee of millions of dollars. There should be a political warning or a PC badge on this movie. So the film lover who wants to see the movie without the liberal propaganda, could avoid it. What's the liberal... <laughs> the liberal propaganda? What is it? Oh my God, these people confuse me. I'm serious. I do not understand. You've got a man who made his fortune by writing his own books, and he has indulged his family with lots of riches, and now he wants them to also be independent, and therefore, he's, you know, the idea is... Who gets the money, who doesn't get the money, and how they're reacting to losing their money. It's not an agenda of any kind. It's like... No. I mean, I guess you could say... I don't know. I guess my what I said earlier about we portray rich people like this, but I don't feel like it's a morality. This anything. guy here says, It felt like it was ten hours long. So slow and boring. I couldn't wait for it to finish. <laughs> What else I don't we think that's accurate. This guy says, finally, the slowest, most tediously boring and needlessly drawn out movie I've ever watched in my entire life. Oh my. The dialogue went on and on and on. <laughs> the plot developed at a glacial pace. Damn. Never thought this stupendously overwrought, pathetic attempt at intrigue would end. The murder mystery genre is ruined for me. Forever. Okay, here's a... I have some really good advice. Uh, to end it, there is a button on a remote control that you probably have close by. Like, stop. Or if you're in the cinema. Get up. Feet. Get up off your ass and leave. <laughs> and if you really hate it, ask for your money back. That's how you put yourself out of your misery. It's very, very simple. So, Take uh, accountability, people. So if you pick up the disc release and the digital, there are a bunch of extras. Uh, what I've noticed these days is the digital copies come with all the extras as well. Never used to be the case, but now it is. So you get an audio commentary by director Ryan Johnson. You get a um, deleted scenes with audio commentary by Ryan Johnson. You get the Making a Murder multi-part documentary. The in-theatre comedy commentary by Ryan Johnson. Now, what Ryan Johnson did, and I remember when this movie came out, 
he recorded an in-theatre commentary that you could put on your phone or whatever, and you could go and see the movie again with your earphones in, <laughs> and it queued it up at the right, and it was like watching the director's commentary, but in the theatre, but a totally different one than the one that's on the Blu-ray. But you don't, why would, why is that a thing? It, it was, you know, if you want more insight, you're a film person, you... Yeah, but what's the difference between you sitting watching it on your couch and going to the theater and spending more money to see it again? I mean, I guess that's the difference. Yeah, I guess. Uh, he, it, it was just a thing he was trying, I remember, and he said, like, you know, people seem to like it. Anyway, that is included on here, too. Hmm. So you get two um, director's commentaries, both different. You also get Ryan Johnson planning The Perfect Murder, a director and cast Q&A, featurette... Meet the Thrombies viral ads and a marketing gallery. So pretty much everything to do with this movie is on this disc. Uh, pretty good extras. And I'll be listening to both those commentaries because I like listening to Ryan Johnson. Oh, I know you are. The Last Jedi commentary was really good. Very insightful. So um, that was our review of Knives Out. I recommend it highly. I really, really like it. Goodbye, everybody. Have a nice night. It was, very, <laughs> it was a very fun movie to it watch. It was fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I think you, you know, like I say, pay attention. Don't. Or don't. I mean, you know, yeah. it's a movie. It's a story. A well-told story tells you what you need to know. So thank you to Lionsgate for letting us review this. Next week, we're looking at Uncut Gems, which was a movie that was nominated for a lot of awards this year. And it's Adam Sandler in a more serious role. So we'll be looking at that next week. Uncut Gems. Movie recommendations. I'm going on the theme of this movie. I'm going with Clue, because I really like the movie Clue. Ew. Have you seen the... the, It was before it's... Ahead of its time, for its time. Did you know that when Clue screened in theatres, there was several different endings, and it was Mm -hmm. random where you got... What ending you got? I knew of that, yes. Yeah, well, if you get the Blu-ray or the DVD, you can see all those endings. But I thought that was a fun thing at the time. Like... Like, I, I might have seen it, and you might have seen it, and we both saw a different... Well, we were all young and immature once. Yeah. <laughs> but it, Clue's like... Clue's a lot like this movie, but it's, like, more cheesy and silly. Yeah, it's like a play. Yeah. Like but Mousetrap I, or... I, I enjoyed it. I really did. And my other one is a movie we've seen very recently called Ready or Not. Mm-hmm. And that has... It, even though that's a horror movie at its heart, it has this old house with secret passages scenario that this movie has and it has a family who are very rich and a bit odd so a bit yeah just a bit so i'm gonna recommend ready or not okay and my thing for 2020 is i'm going back 100 years and 50 years because cinema has been around a long dang time and excuse me a little air there um (laughs) (laughs) from 1920 you know like you know like on radio (laughs) When you have a bit of air or something, you just, it's supposed to just play it off as though it never happened. You're not supposed to like mm-hmm. enlighten the audience. Well, newsflash, like, I'm not a I, radio person. I I'm just actually farted. just having a conversation with you and you're just recording it. This is what, this is the premise of I'm this a, podcast. I'm giving you some broadcaster tips. <laughs> well, it's not going to soak in. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're going to hear all the bodily functions if they occur. And, and, and you, you will also tell out. them that it happened. I will. I, I feel, I believe in honesty. Okay, so Huckleberry Finn from 1920. Just look it up and go watch it if you want. I don't believe I have seen it. But it's 1920. Huckleberry Finn. And then Santa Claus is coming to town from 1970. And 
the reason I find that I like that one is because I used to watch it as a child, obviously. I was a child in the 70s, and it is stop frame animation. And so I always loved that one. Santa Claus is coming to town. Nice. It's not a movie. It's well, it's like an hour-long TV show. So, um, a scully stuff for this week. I've been playing some more Fortnite. It's the uh, chapter uh, season two. Season two, chapter two. It's all based around spies, and you know, it's it's really cool. I, I can't, you know, like I used to really love Call of Duty, and it's so fun every time I fire it up to go and play Call of Duty. Fortnite has become that for me. Nice. It's just got this, it's kind of, you know, it's casual. Like you can just, well, it isn't because you would ha- you would be completely stressed out playing it. Because oh, yeah. I'd be dead all the time. Yeah, but it's got, it's really fun to look at. It's re- You've seen it. It's very mm-hmm. colorful. It's very bright. There's no, it's not like somebody filmed it in the dark. It's You can see everything that's going on. It's just got a really fun, the mechanics are good. I like the 100 people drop on the island who can survive kind of Hunger Games type scenario. I like that. So um, it's really fun and it's free, remember, so you don't have to pay for this one. The other thing is I've been playing um, Red Dead Redemption 2. That's a good game, isn't it? It's a You've dog. been playing it? Well, the PC version. That's old. Well, it came out on PC, so it's actually what was old is now new again. <laughs> Man, you guys are easy. <laughs> You're easy targets. But the PC version is improved upon the console version. You know, better graphics, smoother frame rate. Because a PC is more powerful. Anyway, it comes with something called Red Dead Online, which is a whole separate storyline to the main campaign. And you play it online, and it's the Red Dead map, where you create a character, and like GTA Online... You go in there, and it's an open world thing. Other people are in there. You can team up. You can do missions. There's a whole new set of story missions that you've never seen before that are just made for Red Dead Online. They're all voice acted. They're all scripted. There's cutscenes. It's like more Red Dead that you've never played, but it's the online version. And you're leveling up your character. It's kind of like Fortnite in a way. People can come and kill you, but they don't generally. People just want to help each other. It's uh, free to play on the PC, the online part. On the consoles, you have to have Xbox Live or whatever, but you don't on the PC. It's kind of the reason I didn't play the online version on the PlayStation 4, because you have to have that yearly subscription to do it. It's kind of irritating. But on the PC, there is no yearly subscription. Not yet, anyway. So so Red Dead Online and Fortnite. What is for dinner, Sid Talk? What do you think? Impossible bugger. It's impossible. Correct. It's very delicious. <laughs> and that's because we're vegetarian. We did they bring like junk that, food, and that's just what it is. Did they bring that impossible no, I don't pork think so. yet? I don't think so. It's supposed to be coming soon. That's it. I don't keep track of these things the way you do. <laughs> well, I've followed their story since the beginning. I know. It's not that big a deal to me, but when it comes, we'll try it. Um, one of the people on the H3 podcast that I listen to, um, they mess around on the stock market a little bit and they put money in on Impossible when they were nothing. And recently it's shot up Impossible stock and they mm. sold it and got out with a load of money. So That's um, how it works. That's if you want to get in the stock market on these, well, you probably had to do it like it's too a, late now for two that. Years yeah, once ago, you find out someone's got rich off of it, the only way to go 
was down. Like, like two years ago when like fake meats weren't really that much of a thing and you saw some popping up, that's when you put your money in, isn't it? Mm-hmm. If you believe in it. Uh, so yeah, Impossible Whopper. What is your, what do you call it? Advice. Observation advice about whatever. Um, I just had a lovely lunch with my nieces. They are all grown up. They are in their late 20s and early 30s. Um, they don't have children. They have very um, broad views of things. They're not very locked down on what I would call like a close or a narrow view of the world. They're pretty broad. They're both sciencey. They're both artsy fartsy. They're both just, they have a broad way of looking at the world, which of course I appreciate. And one of the topics was how we don't understand if we're talking about something like religious belief or political thing or something else where we're kind of like the only one in the room who doesn't believe or think the same thing. And they want us to shut up. Not even, like, say what we think, or our point of view, or even play it out at all, like, as a discussion. And, you know, just talking about it, come to, like, a conclusion that people are afraid if you give them more information, it's going to, like, tear down whatever it is they believe in, or what they think, or the point of view, that or the stance that they've taken. If you give them something else to think about, you know? So... I mean, if what you think about something or what you believe about something is so easily unraveled by one conversation or one news bite or a family member's opinion or a discussion at the bar or some dumb comment on Facebook, if it really rattles you or makes you like, oh, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear it. La, 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 because you're afraid it's going to, I don't know, make you think about it. Maybe change your point of view if you really examine all the more information. I mean, just think about that. If what you believe or think is very super delicate and you're just afraid of any external ideas to come at you, what what does that say about what you think, you know? Maybe all the new ideas can come at you in different points of view and what people call evidence or what people call, like, facts. Who knows these days? It's hard to tell. They can throw it all at you and you're still like, you know what? Here's why I think what I think. And you're not changing my mind. But I, I accept and ha- I'm open to listen to the discussion. I don't understand how that's not, that's not a common thing in the world. You know, if you're the opposite of everyone in the room, you're supposed to just shut up or pretend or leave. They don't want to hear it unless they can all gang up on you and tear you down and throw everything at you to change your mind, because I guess that's what they think. If they throw all their shit at you, they can, like, break you down, and so if you present them with new ideas, it's going to break them down. I don't know. So that was just one of our discussions. Nothing, I think, can ever be solidly right or solidly wrong, because the world is a very big place, and time and space have gone on for a lot longer than I will ever, ever exist. I will never understand it all. I can be very wrong or inaccurate or have a wrong point of view because I haven't looked around the side over here, over there, up and down, around a thing from another person's point of view. I have no problem with that. So, But I can still stand by my point of view. It doesn't crumble. You know? It might evolve. Yeah. But it doesn't fall apart just because you don't agree with me. And then you present me with 
all the things that you think. I like it. I like more information. More information is better for your brain, better for your life. So I don't even know. That's not advice there. That's just a little snippet of conversation that girls both said. I call them girls. They're grown women. Yeah. They like spending time. They look forward to spending time with people who aren't just like nothing. And I said to my niece who said that, I'm a, I'm assuming you're talking about me and your sister. <laughs> like, you like spending time with us. So yeah, it's challenging. It's interesting. You're not just talking about the weather. You'll talk about like the deepest, darkest things. And then we just hug and say goodbye. I love you and go on. Like, that's it. We don't impact each other in a negative way if we disagree or we look at things a different way. We just... I learn from them, and then we move on. Like this podcast, you learn from it, <laughs> and you move on. You might have loved this movie or hated this movie, but you can't, you know, I can't change your mind just because of my point of view of it, right? I can't tell you that it's good, and you all of a sudden go, oh, you're right. <laughs> like, it doesn't work that way. Or you, you shouldn't, anyway. Well, I just thought about the movie is, of all the cast and everything, I didn't mention that Christopher Plummer is like the... <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh my god, you didn't. The old guy. The old guy. The whole mystery revolves around. He was good. He was really funny. It's Christopher Plummer. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. All right, so um, that is our review for this week. That is our advice for this week. That is our everything for this week. You can catch us on acecully.com. That's our life's on a plate for you. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Catch this podcast on the Google Play Store, the iTunes Store. You can catch it on Spotify now. You can catch it on mm, iHeartRadio. Fancy. You can catch it on, uh, if you've got a smart speaker, you can say, listen to After the Show podcast on TuneIn, and it will play you the latest episode. Email feedback to me at com. Don't email Sid Talk. She Happy really birthday has. to all the people. Oh, today is your birthday. If you're listening, oh, you're not listening to it today. It's already passed. It is no longer February 29th. Happy birthday to everybody for every day and every... <laughs> In four years? Just remember, I'm telling you now. Happy birthday. And um, stay classy. The whole cast of this movie, very good and very entertaining. And I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will do it for you.